Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And today we are joined by... Christopher Weldon! Yay! Yay! Oh my gosh, guests. <laughs> I feel so important. Um, you, you are, are important. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, come on now. Um, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. My pleasure. What are we going to discuss today? Today we are discussing... Um, iRobot Eugene and the Puppet Show. Two underrated, what some might call filler episodes. Yes. <laughs> some might call them that, but I think we're here to confront that. Yeah. And make people think about these episodes. Oh, I'm here for, to do that with one of the episodes, and with the <laughs> other I'm 100% confirming that it's a filler episode. <laughs> ooh, 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 wait. I want to guess which one is which. Okay. I think that you think... Yes. ...that... I, Robot, You, Jane is the real episode, yes. and Puppet Show is the filler episode. 100%. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, if I were to come down on one of these is a filler episode, I would also choose Puppet Show yeah. as more of a filler episode. It, it, it was, and, and yeah. I'll t- it, it was confirmed, it was like, um, reconfirmed by the... Buffy the Vampire Slayer video game sequel, Chaos <gasps> I was going to talk about that! I can't believe you brought that up already! Could you have to play as that stupid fucking as dummy? I, I wrote that in my notes. Oh, really? I wrote, like, he's not seen again, aside from Chaos Bleed. <gasps> so that makes me wonder, because both video games, and for anyone who out there who has not played the video games, go get an Xbox, <laughs> go get an Xbox and play them both. The first one is better than Chaos Bleed. Yes, Bleed's. it is. The but- first one's an amazing video game, Chaos Bleed's is okay. I remember the controls on the first one being, like, throwing me off. No. You're like, wrong. You are, you are wrong. It was, it, the first Buffy game was flawless. It is literally flawless. It's much better. The second one, you move too slow. It feels like you're moving through pudding or, like, molasses, like, when you move. And the, the, the first one is actually sharper. The graphics are better. Yeah. Even though it came first, like, you'd think that the graphics were, like, the graphics were better on the first one. The overall story was better. And, um... It was, it's just flawless. Okay. But, wait, let me finish. Sit back. There was a pause. I thought you were done. <laughs> I, no, it was a pregnant pause. There was stuff coming. Um, You're so handsome. <laughs> uh, the only benefit of the second game was that you got to play as Willow. Exactly. If the first game had allowed you to play as more people, it would have been a perfect game. That's I how you need completely to agree. Because you can only play as Buffy, right? In the yes, first yes, that's all you And play. in the second game, you can play as Willow, but then it's no longer voiced by Willow. Yeah, she didn't come... She, she was a bigger star. She had done American Pie and all that. Yeah. She didn't come back for the second game. Everyone else except Buffy is Drisella Wren, who always plays her in the other... In, in like, the yeah. media like that. Um, so, yeah, but... So... Yeah, it wasn't Willow, and actually... No shade to whoever played Willow out there. I know she's listening, but fine. I didn't think she was that good. She kind of made Willow to be like a space cadet in this in this oh, weird yeah. way. Her voice acting okay. wasn't that great. So I liked Chaos Bleed because it fit really well and it had a arc. Like for me, I thought it would have been like a really good season arc. But so that's so so that's interesting. Going back to the Sid the Dummy question is both of those games were rejected story arcs for yeah. seasons. So the Buffy first game was supposed to be an act in season three, and I think that they just felt like it wasn't... They didn't need to bring the Master back a third time. Oh. And, I did not know that. Yeah, and Chaos Bleeds was like... I think they. I think in the writer's room they toy a lot with, like, what'll be the story arc and stuff like yeah. that. And Chaos Bleeds was supposed to be season five. 
Um, which is really interesting because chaos bleeds is an apt term for what kind of ends up happening with glory in yeah. season five anyway, yeah. about like the dimensions kind of yeah. um, and see, bleeding. Now that I know that, I feel better about Sid being in the video game because it meant I was saved from having Sid come back in the TV show, which <laughs> would have made me super mad. <laughs> yeah. I like him. Anyway, well, should we talk oh, wow. about iRobot? Are you gonna? Why don't no? Why don't you write? In, why don't you give us your your audio op ed in defense of Sid the Dummy? Since you're known for having trashed in defense of articles online, rude. But also, I love the show so much that I love even silly fucking dummy characters that are. Can't move their mouth at all. That are, like, douchey guys that sexually harass all the women. Like, I feel like it just, like, clearly, like, as I don't like the character, but I like the idea. Like, I like the idea I think that he's, Sid, like, I think Sid would be a men's rights activist if he were still around. <laughs> I don't... I feel like he'd be, like, fake. I, I think that he'd be, like, that guy that, like, calls himself a feminist and then talks over women to tell them about feminism. Oh, like the woke misogynist? Yeah. Like, I think that's who he'd be because, like, he had no problem teaming up with Buffy and blah, blah. And so, like, you get, like, oh, like, he's, like, okay. But then also he was, like, sexually harassing all of them during the episode. So I think he might be, like, oh, I'm not like those guys. Those guys are misogynists. But then, like, talk over a woman, too. And also then I feel like I'm being that because it's three men here talking about Another guy being a feminist talking about feminism, and also, here we are. Important thing though, also he is also literally a ventriloquist dummy, <laughs> right? So even if he was the most woke bay, he's still a ventriloquist dummy. He's like okay, and is therefore garbage. <laughs> he's the original Twitter egg. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, let's let's actually like you were saying, start with yeah. the robot chain. Right. Let's yeah. go back in time, but because that was just to establish that. <laughs> Tangent was to establish which one is the real episode and which one's the filler episode. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that I Robot Eugene is actually a great episode to kind of have in canon. Yes. And one of the things, I mean, I'm just, you know, fuck your order. You know, I'm not going That's in fine. your order. I'm just coming in and I made throwing, throwing up chaos. <laughs> but like, this was the episode that had the scene that I thought was yes. in Teacher's Pet. That's why I made sure to put it, I put like, um... Anyway, oh, wait, I, so... Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. The, 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 yeah, so I think it's, it's important for establishing that, like, every romantic relationship in Buffy will fail. Is doomed. Yeah. It literally is doomed. Like, yes. spoiler alert, everything goes to shit. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I... So it's, like, the episode, like, is so dated with computer... Like, all the computer stuff, it feels like none of them ever looked at a computer. Um, but then, like, the idea is still, like kind of relevant like Moloch is a fucking catfish and like yeah and the conceit for the episode is actually it's really really clever that you know an ancient book that's trapped a demon you scan it ta-da it's inside the internet that's a that's a a genius application yes it really is 1997 right well I think one of the interesting things is that when you look at Buffy as a whole Buffy is a very modern show that is also steeped in all this arcane lore And there's an ongoing tension throughout the entire series between, like, technology and, um, like, we've been talking about, like, prophecies and, like, things that are inevitable and then Buffy being modern and kind of bucking those prophecies and stuff like that. So, like, that's a whole theme throughout the whole show. And I think iRobot Eugene does a good job of, like, bringing all those tensions of the, 
modern and the old together. Um, and, and especially like with bringing in Jenny Calendar and everything like that, like talking about stuff. So I think it's really, it, it's, it's a really actually kind of novel episode. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think, like, they, it's their way, like, I try to do that in all of my writing. I feel like when I write fiction, if I make it, like, supernaturally or whatever, I always try to do, like, what Buffy did. Like, I always want it to be, like, okay, like, there are these things that are, like, ancient, like, any of the powers or any of the supernatural shit is, like, ancient time kind of stuff, but then everything else is brought into modern day. Mm -hmm. And I totally get that from Buffy. Like, that's where I got the idea that's where a lot of shows get the idea to do that from um and that's kind of what i love about the show like this episode is so dated but then like still kind of relevant and like for the times was definitely more like i don't know like not like unheard of to do that well i think also i think what you were saying it shows kind of how prescient it is of our times because it is about like it is also kind of about like internet bullying and anonymity and and all those things that come up and like it's almost like a blueprint for like some alt right shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so it's interesting. It's it, it, it. Like I might have sent Moloch a nude. I don't know. Who knows? Oh my gosh! <laughs> An updated Buffy with Moloch on Grinder. <laughs> I'm like Matthew. I think I sent a demon a picture of my butt. I'm not sure, but he might be a demon. And, and now the demon is in there. <laughs> Someone has to come get it out. In my butt or in Grinder? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, but there's more. There's so much more. Um, well, so, like, Chris and I were talking about this. Like, Jenny Callender refers to herself as a techno-pagan, which, like, in the 90s was such, like, a... Like, like I think I want to be that. Yeah, like, That's made amazing. her seem so I cool. knew people who were, like, claiming to be techno-pagan. Really? Yeah, this was in the 2000s. Oh. But see, see, when I heard the term being said by Jenny Callender in 2017, as she said it, I literally went, Oh! This <laughs> <laughs> is so bad! Because, like, I feel like... Especially now, like, what does that even mean? Right. Um, in but, the in the age of witches getting together to cast spells on Donald Trump. Yeah, like... <laughs> what is it? Okay. Like, I don't know what that would technically... Cl- like... So, yeah. And then she... So, Giles is also really weirdly old man, grumpy old man mm. about computers. Like, he called like, it the idiot box. Yeah. To Jenny. And Jenny's just like, that's what you call a TV. This is a computer. I think they just need it. I think... We've all talked about how the characters are still being sketched out at this point. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like they just needed Giles and Jenny to be opposites of the butting head, yeah. So they needed them to butt heads and they kind of needed to invent that Giles wouldn't like computers. Yeah. And it makes sense because Giles is a book person, but he's also a knowledge person. And yes. it's like, so it feels if like this it would... thing helps you get knowledge, like, why are you... Why would you hate it? Yeah. But just, before we get too far away from it, to swing back around to techno <laughs> I just... My final thought is, Jenny Callender, just go all in. Be a techno-wicked. Like, shit will get off the pot. Like, this halfway point is nonsense. <laughs> That's techno. all I have to say about being a techno-pagan. I just... Just the word techno feels very dated. Like, that feels like... Now you'd be an e-pagan. Yeah. I mean, well, all, like, all the lingo, when they, like, open up, like, Buffy's profile, like, what the fuck is that even on? And it's, like, clearly someone did it in, like, some kind of graphic design, like, shitty website in the 90s. Oh, it's, it's the equivalent of, of, it's like when Kelly Rowland was sending Nelly a message on Excel. <laughs> it's that level. It yeah. is word art and, yeah. <laughs> also, they, like, point out her, like, you notice they have her birthday different. Yeah, that's the one, they, they, yeah, like their her birthday is not when it is in the show. Yeah. And it's, it's two different birthdays in the episode. Yeah. 
Oh. From one shot to the next, it yeah. changes from 80 to 79. Oh, I didn't see yeah. that. I didn't realize that. It's weird to think Buffy might have been born in the 70s. Right? Right. Like, I guess... I guess it makes sense, but still. Yeah. Um, Because she's only... They were class in 99, so she's only two years older than me. Or supposed to be. I want to go back even to the point we were making about, like, the technology and, like, the tension between technology and, um, like, modern and old stuff, too. Because this comes right after one episode after in Angel... Um, where Darla uses a gun. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, like, we talked about that in the episode, in the, in the Angel episode, but, like, it's just, like, still, the, the show is still kind of wrestling with, like, where do we fall on mm-hmm. the, like, what is allowed and what isn't allowed. Like, what are the rules? That's just, like, we don't really see a gun on the show again until, like, the initiative, right? Well, there's like... a feature in the season three DVD box set. <laughs> there's a feature... On the weapons of Buffy, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube, and it's just like all the people behind the scenes and Joss talking about like why they choose the weapons they choose, huh. and in it he talks about okay, you know the iconic weapon from Anne season three episode one, the Hunga Munga. That, yeah. yeah, that's what it's called. I know that sounds made up, but that's what oh. it's called. The like round. Yeah. Like, Watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Um, yeah. So he talks about like why they choose the things they do, and like he chose the Hunga Munga because it looks so archaic and like just like no one would use that anymore and like purposefully trying to use weapons that look old um like the crossbow or the hungamunga or whatever and just like the presence of the gun is weird so there's some there's some new stuff that's cool in buffy and stuff and some stuff that just feels like it doesn't belong there because also i mean realistically like the buffy we know season one it's like okay but like season five buffy if someone threatened her with a gun it'd be like this isn't a danger to her. Like, well, she yeah. also says, what 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 season is it where a gun where a cop pulls out a gun and she says like these things never work and she throws them aside? Is it season three? I don't remember. I don't know. It's like the cops are are trying yeah. to shoot a demon and she says like these things never work and takes it out. Oh, it's season six because it's isn't it when she's at the interview place and the demon crashes yes. it and she has to yeah in life serial yeah. Um, Look at us. I was about to look so up my phone, but I found isn't it there really? But so, isn't it really funny when the demon comes in at the end, though, and he's all made of wires? <laughs> yes, that is really funny. <laughs> yes, they've gone to the effort of of like like wrought iron style weaving horns, horns yeah. out of wires, <laughs> just so he can have his full aesthetic. It is an aesthetic. That's the word. That yeah. is an aesthetic. That's techno pagan. <laughs> <laughs> when you dress like a techno pagan, yeah. that's like you have that's like steampunk steampunk techno pagan. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> there's got to be a Reddit like thread on that. Also, Jenny's oddly woke. I noticed like she says that Giles likes his books because then everyone doesn't have access in access to information, and only a select few white guys have access to it. And I was like, oh, that's like. Especially, it's also like weird for Buffy to use that since they're so bad with diversity. Yes. Um, we saw a lot of diversity in the puppet show, Ian. That's there was true, the we black did. tuba player. <laughs> and also, counterpoint to Jenny Callender's workness is that in a following scene, she has crimped hair. So you have to take everything she says with a grain of salt. <laughs> but wait, so what Jenny's talking about, though, that's like, have you ever heard of the Gutenberg brackets or the Gutenberg parentheses? No. Okay. Educate us. Teach us, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, we're going to go on a journey. <laughs> no, so the Gutenberg parentheses is this idea that, like, the idea of knowledge being contained in a book or in one place and sold off or whatever 
is it took place in a bracket of time and the bracket is now closing and the bracket started with the printing press. And Mm -hmm. before that it was oral histories and like people would tell each other stories and there was no way to monetize information and to keep it out of people's hands. Like people could tell each other things or whatever. And with the printing press and the book, it became a thing like a book or a newspaper that you would have to pay for in order to get access to knowledge Mm-hmm. Um, and so now people are saying that with the internet, the Gutenberg parentheses, the Gutenberg bracket is closing that like information is once again, and it's the same thing like with music, like you can get music, you can go onto YouTube for free and like get all this shit. So content like being free is a thing. Yeah. I've had my hand raised. Um, <laughs> why is it called? But I still haven't called on you. <laughs> you looked at me. Um, because Gutenberg invented the printing press. Right. Not a Steve Gutenberg reference. Okay. That's what I needed clarification on. But it, I have two degrees, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> it just stood out as a really interesting moment in, in that scene. Uh, yeah, because it, it leapt out. Right, yeah. From, a, from like a 90s TV show with full of white people. <laughs> yeah. Um, to suddenly, yeah, have Jenny reminding everyone about the retention yeah. information was big. Like, yeah, it, it feels like... It's like, oh, I'm glad she did that. But it also, yeah, it feels very weird that like a show full of white people starring only white people... Would have a, like, throwaway line about, like, someone saying, like, oh, yeah, like, something like that. I don't know. But, I mean, good for her. Um, Maybe it's just also, once again, injecting a kind of personality into her so that she can, like, be further contrasted with Giles. Because, like, while, clearly, I don't think Giles is ever someone who would, like, consciously be whatever but he's still like a stuffy old white dude so like yes i guess that also you're right like it adds to her just being like his opposite to butt heads with but not in like a villainy arch enemy kind of no in a sexy way yeah because then it's like because then she offers to hang a corkscrew off his penis (laughs) but wait so you are as you this this is chris's first time on the show yes um, I hope he comes back often. <laughs> I'm already, like, enamored with having him on the oh, show. Oh, stop it. Chris is very charming. <laughs> he's extremely charming. Yeah. Um, Can we pivot this podcast into about how I'm charming? <laughs> this is actually, this is no longer Slay Fest 98. This is just Chris Fest <laughs> 17. 2017. Um, do you want to fuck Giles? Do you know what? <laughs> I won't tell you. I... From when I first watched Buffy until this morning, absolutely not. <laughs> and then today, watching it and realizing how relatively young he is to what I assumed he was when I was first watching it, yeah. and and my uh, youthful but still well in my thirties age now, <laughs> if push came to shove, I probably would. Yeah. I, I, I think I would I would I would fuck Giles. You know what? I really want to know how old Giles is at the beginning because yeah, right? Because like because we like you as when yeah when you're young, anyone old on TV you're like they're like, so old. It's like yeah. you're a kid and you're like you must be yeah. this many years yeah. old. Yeah, but like he's probably thirty eight. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what we were saying. Like he probably actually isn't that much older than me or Chris because I remember watching this and thinking Jenny Calendar was because she didn't feel old. I just put up quotes. Um, and then you're like, oh, she's so much younger than him, but she probably isn't that much. Like, there probably isn't more than a 10-year difference. Right. Oh, like, I mean, I think Jenny Callender's probably, like, 32 or 33. And he's probably, yeah. like, 38, like you said. Like, so, like, it feels like, as an adult watching, I can appreciate their relationship as, like, they're co-workers, and they butt heads a little bit, but, like, also they want to, like, fuck each other, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't know, yeah, like, Giles definitely, like, 
if I had him as a professor, as an adult, I might have a crush on him. Yeah. As a high schooler, I wouldn't have. I no. would have been like, oh, he's like old. Yeah. Yeah. But now that I am the agent, he brought close to the agent, he probably oh, is. Great. <sighs> so that's, that's the part of life that we're in now. We are watcher age. That's, well, that's what I said watching Riverdale, because I was like, oh, that's so cute. They have all these, like, older actors and actresses that, like, play the parents from that are like references to popular shows like Twin Peaks and 90210 mm-hmm. and like Scream and I was like oh that's for like the older viewers oh my god I'm the <laughs> older viewer because but, like those are shows from my generation so so if you're like 17 to 23 you're in the slayer age yeah yeah and then in the 30s and above is like watcher age yeah so I don't know what is in the middle, like nine thousand year old ex demon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just I'm in the nine thousand year old. You just generic Scooby for a while. <laughs> yeah, generic Scooby. Oh You're one gosh. of their boyfriends. <laughs> Tara's angry family. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you get to be Amy Adams. Oh. You're and an Oscar ter- winner. It, it, she has not won an oh, Oscar. Oh, she hasn't. Oh, sorry. oh wow. Oh, now the internet's gonna be mad. <sighs> I need a moment to recover from that one. That was like just. Driving the knife deeper and deeper inside. I'm sorry, about Ian. I'm sorry. I, I can never... you excuse yourself for five minutes for the podcast, and Chris and I will take over. I never. <laughs> I'm not good at keeping track of that. When when I met Kate Blanchett and they were like, she won two Oscars. I was like, what movies were those for? And I realized Viewers, I haven't seen. I am oh, so hang on. I mean, I'm sorry. Did you just drop this name? Is this yours? No, I mean like <laughs> I I was hired to photograph her. I wasn't like cool and hanging out with her. When I was hanging out with two time academy. No, I wasn't yeah, hanging out with her. Chat. When you when you were hanging out with literally my official queen. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. I'm, I'm gonna not put mad myself on a timeout. I'm not mad this about it. It's fine. Beat up on Ian Day. He's yeah. so into it though. <laughs> Don't attack me in my own home. <laughs> Rude. Um, yeah, I see one of the things that you point out is that great line where Will is like, oh no, who is it that says there's a demon on the internet? Giles. 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 There are a few lines in season one that are so over the top hokey. There's also, I think we pointed it out in Teacher's Pet, where Willow's like, Xander's in love with a giant bug. Yeah. Like, you know, we kind of got that. Yeah. Thank Thanks you. for Thank joining you. us, Thank you. Yeah, no, these... Also, like, first season, I'm always really bad at remembering where the iconic quotes are from. And now I can't even remember because we watched these two episodes. I think it's I, Robot, You, Jane, where Buffy says... Oh, sorry, pop culture reference to Giles. I can't remember which one it was in. It was one of those two. It would definitely happen. Christopher and I just watched both of them. Yeah, because her spider sense was tingling. Yeah, and he's like, you're what? And she's like, oh, sorry, pop culture. And like, I feel like that's a gif I have saved on my computer, but I couldn't have told you what episode it was from. And I still can't, but I can tell you We've narrowed it down to two, though, so that's fine. Yeah, so, good for us. Do we want to move on to the puppet show? Do we want to talk about the puppet show? Um, One one more thing about iRobot Eugene that I found really odd in the, towards the climactic finish. Uh, While... Buffy and Willow and Xander are trying to fight robot wire horn Moloch. Uh, Jenny and Giles are doing the spell. Yeah. Now, it works really well in editing, the way I've cut it together. As Giles is reading out the spell and Jenny is typing it, he gets louder and louder and more frenetic. I realise, though, that if you take out the editing of the scene, he's just a man in a library screaming for no (laughs) reason. Because he's just like, she's like, you read, I'll type. So he's like... Uh, like we command thee to do the thing blah 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 and then by the end he's like release release 
face. I'm like, Mike, they're, they're not. In, they're not. Just, yeah, and he's not even anywhere near the demon. He doesn't no see the drama happening. That's true. So like, if he is bringing the drama. If he is walking by the library, she'd be like, what the? Well, there's so many times where things happen in the library that I'm like, does anyone come to the library? Because, well, they remember they make a joke about that. I want to say it's in graduation day. They make a literal joke to that where, like, Giles is like, where they find out that the mayor is, like, going to be a true demon. Because they find out from Anya. And his, Giles is like, oh, there's a text in the back. And him and Xander go get the book that they fold out. And he say, we're going to need a bigger boat. And Xander literally says, wow, good thing no one ever checks any of these books out of the library, right? And Giles just, like, pauses and looks at him and is like, yes, rather good. And, like, just keeps going. And isn't there, <laughs> isn't there a point where two other, like, rando students come in? Oh, yeah, there's the a And they get thrown of, out? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot of times when Cordelia ends up being that person, like, in Helpless. Not Helpless. No, Helpless. Yeah. Yeah. When her power's in, she comes in, she's like, I just needed a book for... And then Buffy's like, can you drink me home? And Cordelia's like, okay. But, like, sometimes we forget that it's, like, not just where Giles and Buffy hang out. It's, like... Because he also is the librarian. Like, he yeah. probably has a lot of wheels spinning but on also, a given day. Yeah, but also, like, there's... If you look at the doors of the library, there's a little, like... You know, like a portal, portal, yeah. or whatever. Not a glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little library glory, glory hole. hole at Sunnydale High. Um, no, there's a little port, like like on a ship. That's what I was thinking of. Like it looks like those little ship portals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I was like, people can see, see you. Yeah. Because <laughs> in Angel, once again, they were. Like, having the full-on combat with the sticks. Yeah. And I was like, did he, like, put a covering over the window so, like, no one I think I always see? assume, but I know that this isn't accurate, that they, like, did the training either before or after school started. But, like, people are always oh, in the true. school building. There's that's a janitor. True. Like, how how did a janitor never walk in and be like, <laughs> He's going, whoa, exactly. whoa, I'm like, not uh, cleaning that room. And my style should have been fired. <laughs> right, and you could been like, go to, the, go to Principal Snyder and be like, I saw Giles attacking a student. <laughs> With a giant stick. With a giant stick. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, when you get to season five, talking about it, please, in the episode where Glory rips the side of the house, can you make the joke, she makes a glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> giving that to you for later. That's, that's free, mate. That's free. Good. What a gift you've given me. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Christopher is a gift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's no Cordelia, no Angel, and I rub out you, Jane. Which is to its credit, because I think the episode's still, like... Because also, her and Angel, like, aren't really speaking because of everything that happened in Angel. Mm-hmm. Right. And then... And as we've said, and as I continue to say, season one doesn't know what to do with Cordelia. Yeah. She doesn't yes. really get a good storyline until season two. Yeah. And the worst thing they could have done is shoehorn her in to make us not like her because she's there out of place. So right. having her not appear. She also for the best. which what episode is it clear that she doesn't know anything about the internet when when Willow says deliver? That's oh, the pilot. Isn't it the second I think it's the second part of the pilot. Yeah. 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 Um so it's clear she doesn't know so like she wouldn't even really no. be in this plot at all. She wouldn't have anything to contribute. But one of the things we've talked about on our podcast, Chris Law, is that like because they don't know what to do with Cordelia, whenever they need someone, something bad to happen to someone, they just mm-hmm. choose Cordelia mm-hmm. for the first season. They're like, oh, she's blind now. Yeah. <laughs> or in Nightmares, when she like joins the chess team and yeah. like, her hair is <laughs> oh, yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Cordelia. Um, Speaking of Cordelia, she... And opened, bad things happening to her. She opens the puppet show, right? She opens mm-hmm. the, the first yeah. Yeah. scene. With Sydney, the greatest love of all, and it's fantastic... 
and I love her. But then I think she's not really in most of the rest of the episode. No, she. I, I think that she might have, like, two other lines in the it's episode. It's when she's in class with the dummy. Yeah. And, like, she's just, like, look, talking to Buffy or something. Yeah. I forget what she does to Buffy, but yeah, I think that's it. It's like she leans over, <laughs> says a thing, and then she's done. Um, and she's being interviewed at one point by... Oh, Xander. right. Xander's interviewing her, and she's in her cheerleading right. outfit. Um, because she gets the girl's name wrong. Right, and em- Amelia, uh, Emily instead mm-hmm. of Emma. Or yeah, because she says it was, she was her best friend, um, and then says it could have been me, which is so very Cordelia. Um, or no, nothing. What? Nothing. Keep going. Any um, of the people in this room? Is that where you go? <laughs> no, <about>? keep going. <laughs> um, also, we get introduced to Principal Snyder. Who... That's the. Bi- I mean, so yes, it is a filler episode, but there is at least an. An, a story arc beginning here. And he I will almost, grant you that. He almost feels like a character that should have been killed. Like, I'm, I think he works so well as the principal of Sunnydale High, but in that episode, he feels like, because the, every episode, especially in season one, they are introducing character after character mm. that literally dies by right. the end of the episode or five minutes later. You would think there would be an in-between, yes. um, like, just a one-off principal who gets killed in the same episode yeah. before they introduce the real principal. Yes. That's it's like almost like how um, he feels. I'm trying to think of. It's almost like when they introduced the new Watcher before Wesley Wyndham Price. Oh yeah, and it's the one who's, who's evil. evil. Yeah, yeah. What was her name? Oh God, Gwendolyn Glendal- Gl- Post. Post. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you did that. My <laughs> the name was going, of my, the was name, Chloe something, but it was with the name totally of my new newspaper, <laughs> the Gwendolyn Post. <laughs> my, oh my God, a Buffy newspaper called the Gwendolyn Post. <laughs> 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 Um, also, she's Kristen Scott Thomas's sister, I think. Oh! I to play her. Ooh. Yeah, I know lots of dumb Buffy trivia that gets me nowhere. Well, it gets me a podcast with And Matthew. then we get to host Buffy trivia, and people get to yell at us because it's too difficult. Yeah. Aww. Though the reviews were stunning at the end of the night. <laughs> it Listen, was For those of you who don't know, we hosted a Buffy trivia night at Stonewall Inn earlier in March, right? Was it in March? Or was... No, it was in February. Oh, it was in March. It was March, yeah. It was March. We've it only was... been doing this podcast yeah. for like a month. <laughs> it was the Monday after the 20th anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Did you like it, Chris? I really enjoyed it. I got there late, so I was in there for the second half of it, and it was way harder than I was expecting. And I was like, because I, I swanned in like, okay, Buffy trivia, stand back, bitches. I don't know if you know this, but, but for a living, I write and edit questions for a TV game show. So trivia, I was like, I've got this. And it was really hard. It was super hard. So yeah, I what? loved it. Did you think, so I did a clothing round where I had like, I put images on the screen where I cut out the people and just had just their outfit and you had to say the character and then for extra points you got if you put the episode in the season. Did you think that was like really, because I tried to make it both difficult and easy. Like I had Bunny, Anya's bunny costume. Yes. I loved that round so much. <laughs> I was so mad at how like the, the difficult ones I completely bombed. I tanked. <laughs> I obviously got Anya's. Um, yeah, no, it was super great. Okay. (laughs) So the funny thing about that round is that round Ian did completely independently. Like Joe and I, we came up with the questions with Ian for all the other rounds. Ian did that completely independently. And so I didn't even know the answers. And so as the person who was doing trivia, these were my first time seeing them. (laughs) Yeah. And so I was like, I wouldn't get most of these, but I did the scoring for that round and a lot of people did really well that round. So, I mean, there's also teams. So one one person not knowing as much doesn't matter, but I tried to like make it a mix. So I like, I thought that like 
Anya in her bunny costume and Tara's once more feeling outfits yep. are like very like if you've watched the show more than once, yeah. And Cordelia's maroon leather high collar. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting off. Well, back here. to icon. Well, talking about outfits, there's the iconic Buffy leopard dress. Oh my god, it's not iconic, but I love it because it's something that I would wear now. Well, I always think of leopard as such like Buffy Cordelia outfits from. The first two seasons. I feel like the two of them take turns wearing yes. leopard print like every other freaking episode, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and there is nothing Buffy loves more than a really short t-shirt dress. Yes. A short t-shirt dress with a high boot. With a high boot. And or, a a high, or a high sock. And sometimes a coat that's like a little bit longer. Yes. Yeah, because you want to see like as much thigh as humanly possible, but God forbid you catch a glimpse of a calf. So <laughs> cover that up with a boot. Yeah, it's all about the thigh. Also, um... And was it iRobot and you, Jane, where I was like, oh, they were right. I wrote, I once wrote a thing called 23 Most Buffy Outfits, Buffy, it might have been 22, whatever. And in it, so it was before they did the, like, re, like, HDing on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I put, like, one of her most iconic outfits was her wearing knee-high socks and a chunky heel. And, like, a lot of commenters were like, no, you're wrong, she's wearing boots. And I was like, no, she's not. They were right, I was wrong. Mm vindication people. Yeah, so I hope you're times. listening. All five of you Ian that told me how admitted wrong he was. was wrong. Hey, remember when Ian thought that Amy Adams won an Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> Two times wrong in the one episode. Honestly. Also remember when I hung out with an Oscar winner? So oh, damn it. Okay. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Ian, give it and Ian, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> so, the puppet show... We the get... funny thing about this episode is that the entire school is invested in this puppet Ooh, show. Ooh, they are. Like, it is, like, the hottest thing to happen to Sunnydale High. Yeah. There are, there are girls going up on point. There is a tuba player. Like, these are <laughs> these are extracurricular skills these people Do are bringing. any of them go to class? <laughs> like, I'm really concerned. And also, I think you were saying, like, in, in my high school, the talent show was only for, like, drama and music. Oh, yes. Yeah, the things I already taught. Right. It was, like, restricted, and you, like, trained for the talent show, like... In between the spring musical and the, and, <laughs> and the fall yeah. concert. Like, that's when you did the talent show. Well, because of... I mean, look at me. But, like, because of my area in Jersey where I grew up, it would be, like, mostly drama and band nerds, and then, like, your random sports jock who could, like, do something, and then, like, everyone who was in a punk band playing. Oh, we didn't I wasn't. Have, I just had crushes on all those guys. We didn't have any bands. Oh, I, in my senior year high school talent show, we did do... Uh, the men in black dance that was the <laughs> the winning group dance section and also that should give away what year it was <laughs> you mean like galaxy defenders yeah yeah the dance in the last like quarter of that song okay yeah hmm. um no big deal you guys tell me what <laughs> i have a certificate it's fine <laughs> what are what are some pop what are considered punk bands from from the 90s and 2000s again like uh, when i was in high school like it would be like Oh, Lord. Um, Is Good Charlotte punk? I mean, not really. I consider them more, like, very generic, like, journeys. You might have worn Vans sometimes and, like, own a pair of Converse punk. Not like... (laughs) That's still punk! You still uh, use the word punk. Is it? Like, no, because that's why I say punk. Like, I put all of that and then I say punk because I'm like, yeah, I get it. Okay, so name a punk band that was, like, on the radio that I would know. Well, on the radio, well, okay, on the radio, there was no punk band on the radio when I was in high school. That just, there wasn't. No, there, 
Oh, sorry. When we were in high school, we were right? in high school in different times. Yes. It's it's no, it's hundred percent true. <laughs> I'm also realizing that um the the level of punk you were. I was not at all punk, but I probably could have like listened to the radio and got some commercial friendly punk adjacent. But you were so punk in high school. <laughs> if we'd gone to high school together, I would have been one hundred percent terrified that you were going to beat me up at all no. times. No, 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 no. Is no. some forty one punk? No, that's the same thing as what I just said. Um, <laughs> are the Donnas punk? Um, they're like. I would think of them as more like poppy rock. Fine. Um, but so for those of us, sorry, <laughs> we should get back talking about Buffy, but. Ian and I have a thing where Ian teaches me what the genre of rock is. <laughs> and this started because I referenced Evanescence as emo, and he basically almost, like, staked me. I just, I just, <laughs> I just like, there's, a, like, for me, Evanescence is more for the people that shop in the back of Hot Topic, where they have the Renaissance Fair-looking outfits. <laughs> and, like, that's Evanescence... And, like, also maybe you buy a convert, pair of Converse. But, like, emo or, like, pop punk is more people who shop at the front of Hot Topic who buy, like, the silly shit and, like, the silly t-shirts, like, the ones I wear. And, like, are, like, douchebags like me. So, Evanescence aesthetic is, like, what Tara's wearing and what's more yes. feeling with Converse. Like, if Tara had dyed her hair black and wore black eyeliner, she would listen to Evanescence. Okay. Back so back to the puppet show. (laughs) Back to the puppet show. I also really like how we tied it back into Buffy before we that was amazing. (laughs) I'm a writer. (laughs) (laughs) So Principal Snyder, we were talking about. Yes, I do really like him as the principal. Yes. Um he just works really well as like he's like evil but not like a demon or anything. He's just like a total shitbag. I, yeah, in hindsight, because I remember watching it the first time and hating him, and I realized yeah. in hindsight now that, okay, That's good. that is brilliant. Yeah. Right, I think my mom used to say this one thing when we would watch shows together, and Ian knows my mom introduced me to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but so in, in a lot of... Chris's Chris's mom introduced him to Buffy as well, we've discussed how he's... Oh my god. Yeah, so this is a, a trio of our mom's got us on the show. Oh my gosh, and we have to find out who we this are is, in the trio This later. is why we're gay. <laughs> You're <Andrew. laughs> <laughs> Am I Andrew? I might be Andrew. I might be Jonathan, though. Like, kind of like a wet rag who, like, we'll do it, but, like... I don't need to hear about your wet rags. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome to episode one of Ian's Wet Rag. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, um, no, I think my mom used to say is, like, when you, when you hate a character that's supposed to be evil, then, like, the actor's doing his job. Yes. Or, or And the writer and everyone involved is doing their job. And Principal Cider is so hateable on mm-hmm. every level... Um, but he's also just such a good, he's like actually really one of the good, like human, human confrontational things that Buffy has to face. Yes. yes. Like, I mean, especially. She can't just like, beat him up. <laughs> yeah, she can't just beat him up. She, he is an authority figure that she can't, you know, she can't, just like the way she like turns her back on the Watchers Council or whatever. Like she's an authority figure that he just, he is one that she just can't like do anything about. Yes. It's, it's a really great way in a supernatural show yeah. to still ground it in, like, this teen issue. And give her obstacles. And also, you can, like, he is clearly loving every second. <laughs> like, he, I'm sure he's just grateful to spend some time getting a paycheck, not in a full head of prosthetics. Um, but he just, his comic timing is superb, and he's just, I don't know, you can tell Armin Shuman? Shuman? Yeah. He's, he loves, he bloody loves it. He's having <laughs> such a good time, and I enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because he was Quark on Deep Space Nine, who the Ferengis have the big butt heads and the fang teeth and the ridged nose and the giant ears and the size of their heads. So, yeah, I, uh, 
and it's weird because he did the shows like we figured this out didn't we it was like there's a year where he did right. both shows and that's like pretty like two pretty big nerd cult shows yeah um to be on so I wonder if someone was like a Star Trek fan like I could see Joss being a Star Trek fan and being like oh yeah like let's have Quark from Deep Space Nine yeah we so um one of the things that you wanted to talk about I saw was how Buffy screamed when she saw yeah Sid under her bed and I think that in season one, Buffy screams too much. Because <laughs> when Buffy screams, when Angel, like, she has a blood-curdling scream. And, like, I understand, but, like, imagine if you were, like, making out with your boyfriend who turned to him. I don't know. I don't know if I would scream in quite that way. No. It seemed a little forced and, like, a weird choice I as mean, a writer to be like, oh, Buffy, like, right in, like, brackets. Buffy screams. I wouldn't be screaming like that as the vampire slayer who lives in Sunnydale that is on a hellmouth. I might scream like that now mm-hmm. if, like, David turned into a vampire while we're kissing. And I think he like, into it, though. I mean, yeah, probably. You know. Yeah. 100%. Do not try me. and play us like you would scream. <laughs> right. He's trying to be so low You key. would be rock hard immediately. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Ian's sex podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also called Ian's wet rag. (laughs) (laughs) Which, of course, would be under the veil of a Buffy podcast. Um, Okay, so also, um, it seems a little weird that a puppet... I mean, she does say that she doesn't like puppets. Like, when they first see Sid, she says they give her a wigs. Which is, like, I think one of the first times she says that. And very cleverly back that up with when Willow's like, Oh, no, oh, no, what happened? She's like... I saw a puppet, it gave me That's a wig, true. there's no story here. Like, I'm like, really clever way to give some exposition, but without, like, laboring on it, just going, no, no, they're well, just scary. Well, also, there's, like, because there's so many episodes where, like, they have to have, like, these really, yeah. like, Xander hates clowns, and he's, like, at my sixth birthday party. <laughs> uh, or in Ian's least favorite episode, where, in Killed by Death, Ugh. where there's the whole backstory of, like, uh, Buffy seeing her cousin, cousin die because oh, of the yeah. and stuff like that. Like, they often have very elaborate backstories. Yeah. So you're expecting this story about, like, how, you know, Buffy's, Buffy's father yeah. yeah, Buffy's father bought a puppet and, you know, fell more in love with ventriloquism than them. And that's, <laughs> that's <a little> <laughs> <or something. laughs> but no, I like that this was just like, no, nah, they're just creepy. Which yeah. I am on board with. Oh, I yeah, mean, no. Yeah, I understand. I think dolls are creepy. Yeah. Like, not even more so than just, like, puppets, but, like, little, do- like, dolls are creepy. So, like, not my Buffy action figures I use for a promo art. No, 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 like, <laughs> those old dolls, you know, okay, like, yeah. the blank stare. My mom yeah. has a lot of those, and they, when I was a kid, they used to scare me. I would, like, have literal nightmares that they would come to life and murder me because of <gasps> Oh my gosh, childhood. I just this moment remembered that I used to have dreams about Chucky being scary when I was young. Yeah. Like, Chucky I, as a kid was very scary. Yeah. Very scary. Like, looking Agreed. back, I'm like, how was I so scared? But, like, that was, like, my number one terrifying... Right. Oh, really? I look yeah. back and go, no, nah, still legit. That's what things get off. Well, now that, is that nonsense. if you watch the Chucky movies, now that they've kind of, like, turned into a parody genre yeah. of yeah. horror movies. It's We're, like, like almost taken, an episode of Buffy. Yeah, it's taken the scariness out of it, and it has kind of Buffy eyes. Yeah. Like, it's more like a comment on horror than it is straight-up scary. But the first movie is, like, still really scary in its own way. I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I was scared of, like, everything when I was little. It was, like, yeah. Chucky and Freddy and Michael Myers all, like, terrifying. Michael Myers right? is still terrifying. I think, yeah, he can be scary because he doesn't, like, talk. You, I, know, you have a comment on that. I wasn't allowed to watch any scary movies when I was a kid kid. So, uh, when I was a very small child, I, the, the very first horror movie, I'm using air quotes, I ever <laughs> saw, uh, was Teen Wolf. 
And I was 26 before I realised that Teen Wolf is not a horror <laughs> film. Because I'd watched it once as a child and went, that shit's terrifying! And it never touched it again. Turns out, the movie that I held to my heart as the scariest film I've ever seen was a light-hearted comedy. <laughs> Flying star, the more you know. Um, <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah. Good. I mean, like, I think I watched the original Friday the 13th, and, like, I'm gonna, if we actually have any horror, big horror fans, I'm gonna, like, commit treason, I guess. I don't think the first Friday the 13th movie is good. Like, or not Friday the 13th, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, I don't wrong. think it's good. Like, it's, there are, like, some parts that are still creepy, but, like, he, as a character, is, like, looks like such garbage. He looks like they melted some makeup and just threw it on his face. And, like, when he's cutting off his fingers, I was like, is this supposed to be scary? Because what's scary if he's, like, cutting off his own fingers? And I'd be like, great! You keep doing that, I'm gonna run away. Folks, Ian's trash factory is open for <laughs> In In Ian's defense, <laughs> the groundskeeper Willie knockoff version of Freddy yes. from The Simpsons is scarier. Yes. I, like, have still had nightmares about yeah. that. <laughs> it Sick is March weather. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what about that is so, but it is like yeah. It could probably still give me a nightmare if I watched it. It, it, it was it, two things. It's him on fire, entirely on fire, but still speaking. <laughs> and then the bagpipe spider. Yes. Anything remotely spidery, I'm out. The bagpipe spider was like really scary. Yes. Um, and The Simpsons also aired on uh, the same time as this show we're talking about. We are Buffy. so good at wrangling <laughs> get, this back to yeah, Buffy. Let's get, so let's get two things, okay, yes. like two things off the list I know really quick to talk your about. important thing. Um, there is continuity with Buffy feeling like she's in a big bunny suit. Yeah. And, and so that's uh, a, whatever, an Easter egg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we are going to see if we're going to see I always wonder stuff like that, if that was on purpose or whether they were like... I feel like... It's not like he wrote it being like, I know one day there will be, but I or, but feel like, like... He was like, oh, this would be reference to that. Yeah. Um, but also, it's time to talk about, would we fuck Morgan? The, the, the Sid the Dummy's male handler? Yes. Yes, based on his uh, triceps mm-hmm. and his DSL game. Yeah. Um, yeah, both. And he filled out that shirt kind of nicely. Yeah. Um, he, he was really like a little, was a little thick. Sw- like... He was a little thick yeah. with two C's. Yeah. He was a little thick with two C's. He had a nice butt. Yeah. And he was um, sweet. And Although, all that you just saying that being like, and he's a little sweet. I'm like, ah, maybe he's boring in bed, though. He'd be Mate, like, are you guys, okay? Guys, he sweet. had brain cancer. That wasn't him. What? It wasn't him? No. Uh, You're little... thinking about Scott. Ford. No, Ford. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, Ford. thank God. Okay, great. No, I was trying to. I was still trying to connect why he was acting so increasingly. That's what I had asked. Never you're watching it because yeah. it was. I think so. Like Sid was like. I don't know. They didn't. Yes, they never explained. They it. don't. They don't. But yes, viewers, write to us. Tweet us. Yes. <laughs> tell us why you think Morgan was acting so sick. So I think Ian said it was because like Sid was playing on like taking humanity from him to like, oh, yeah. live or something, but they also never really explained how Sid got to Morgan. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they don't explain about Sid. They also didn't explain why the day that Morgan's ventriloquist dummy started talking to him, he was like, mm, "Okay, I might win the talent show with this." Like he never, at no point did Morgan go, "Wait, my ventriloquist dummy is Wait, talking." No, no. He okay, yes. You were almost right. Oh. Chris was... So, they do explain why he was sick. 
we were we're all really bad Buffy pod- podcast hosts because the de- member of the demon kills him to steal his brain, and it's unsuitable because he's been suffering from a brain tumor. He does have a brain tumor. So I was right. You, well, you were close. You I weren't was... totally right because it wasn't brain cancer. It was just like... What is what is a tumor? But can't there be like benign tumors? There are there, benign like... tumors. It could just be a tumor and... Yeah. Oh, all right, cancelers. <laughs> all right. Um, no, so it, it would just be like a, a growth that's like maybe pressing on his brain. Yeah, okay. Something. All right. No, that's fair. Fair cop. Fair cop. I forgot that we just... Christopher and I literally just... And Matthew. We all just finished watching the episode. Um... I'm really good at paying attention to detail. <laughs> Ian, um, Ian was on the phone for most of the episode, y'all. Oh my god. Oh my god. He was texting. I'm the millennial here, but he was like texting well, the rude. whole time. <laughs> oh, I'm going to shuffle up and die now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, look, Ian very graciously points out, always refers to us as being the same age. The truth is I am a couple of years older than Ian, so I am close to death. I literally don't I am only saying things like that to bother Ian because I love pestering him (laughs) because he's so pesterable oh I am I am I I literally am yes anyway yes we're both watchers (laughs) um so yeah you're the sexy faith watch you're the sexy faith vampire slayer didn't we decide I was faith though oh you're faith yeah because I hate a rule yeah and I like rules I fucking hate rules get them out of my face oh Though Buffy doesn't really like rules either. I think I'm Willow. I'm Anya because I'm Ernest. I'm, I'm like a... Well, I always say that I'm Buffy if, like, they were signs. I'm Buffy with a Anya moon and a Willow rising. I think I'm oh. a Willow with a, with a Terra rising... And, um, I don't know what the other one is. Moon. I, I don't know oh. exactly what my moon would be. Anya with a, with a Wesley moon. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Queen! That's me. Queen Wesley! <laughs> Aw. Yeah, so that's, I always, yeah, that's like, we should ask people that too when we have them on. Oh, so you know what? Let's get in a, okay, here's something you can do. I just hand Ian tasks. <laughs> <laughs> Because he can make pretty things. I don't know how to do anything pretty. Um, oh, that's true. So Digital decoupage is Ian's forte. We should make like a horoscope chart for like a Buffy horoscope. <gasps> and have them align to people. And then have people, you know, come on when they come on and be like, what's your Buffy sign? Oh, yeah. I wonder. But I don't know. That... Don't ask... let the Sagittarius one be shit. I'll have to ask. Yeah, I'll figure out because I don't really know. I don't actually know much about astrology, so I'll have to. I'll like... do. I'll I'll do oh, the great. matches. Yeah, yeah. You do the. I'll do the design. You, you do the design. Great. I spend all weekend photographing stuff. Angel is cancer. Okay, good. I'm not. No. I, so I think Buffy's actually in, like I think in action. I know she's cusp. Whatever. I think she equates with Aquarius. Like I think her personality. Hmm. That's a trash opinion. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I don't know exactly what. All Buffy my be, opinions can't but be trash opinions. But she's she's very leader. She's very fiery. Like I'm actually that's getting. That's how a, I am. I'm getting a Leo from her. Mm. Well, Leo and Aquarius always butt heads. That's why me and my mom butt heads because my mom's a Leo and I'm an Aquarius. My mom and I, uh, my I'm an Aries and my mom's a Libra, and we're exactly six months apart. I'm so we are each other's half birthdays. Oh, oh wait, April, April sixth and October sixth. I don't know if that'd be the same for me. My, my mom's August twenty first, and I'm January twenty first. So, would that be like... No, eight months. Eight months. Eight months, month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cut the math, it's what, two-thirds apart. 
So we're two thirds. Yeah. Can't can't do math. Yes. <laughs> he can't find out that Amy Adams has zero Oscars. <laughs> That's the math that he needs to learn. If Amy Adams has been nominated, this is a word problem. If Amy Adams has been nominated for an Oscar five times, and she's never walked up to the podium. How many statuettes does she have? <laughs> Y'all are All right. rude. Let's let's closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. I really like both these episodes as standalone. Like I Robot You Jane does build more character stuff, and it's one of the first times Willow stands up to someone, like in oh, a yeah. fight aspect. Oh, when she's she hits, fighting yeah, with Malcolm hits him, with the yeah, fire extinguisher. Sure. It's great. So that's like kind of like we're slowly seeing like in the second episode in the Harvest. We, she, like, does that thing with Corelia and Harmony where she has them delete their projects. And, like, we're slowly seeing just being friends with Buffy, building her confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, because as we've said this a bunch of times, like, in season one, it's more Buffy and then Xander. And then very quickly, Joss Whedon realizes it's supposed to be Buffy and Willow, yeah. like, the main characters. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. Um... Yeah, so it's, that's a big deal. I think both of them work really well. I don't know. I like the puppet show as, like, a silly... I don't know. I liked Sid. I liked there being just like a demon hunter. Okay, so grade them both. A through F, plus minus. But we're already on a curve because it's the first season, right? Just, just don't ask that many questions. Just, just do it. <laughs> I need to know exact. Um, I would give iRobot U Jane a B minus and Puppet Show... No. I give iRobot U Jane a B and Puppet Show a B minus. I give iRobot U Jane a B plus. And I give the puppet show a D. Oh, it was a it look. It, it was an okay idea. It was just executed terribly. Right. Is it a big D or a little D? No, I'm just it <laughs> um, a little D. Um, I would give iRobot Eugene a B. A B. My Siri just went off. Sorry, <laughs> Siri. We didn't ask you what Siri, you grade the episode. Siri's like, I would. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I'm not editing that. <laughs> <laughs> I would give I Robot You Jane a B, and I would give Puppet Show a C plus. Okay. Okay. So we're all kind of in the same. Definitely on the same page yeah. about the worth and value of yeah. I Robot You Jane, with a varying but lower quality verdict. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think if you know, I know it was season one. I know there was zero budget, and I know that um, sometimes the special effects execution problems came up throughout the entire series. Yeah. But the the movement of the dummy and the fact that his mouth wasn't even properly articulated <laughs> to speak. But he's a dummy. But like other dummies can have them that the flappy thing could work so that when Sid right. was talking, the flapping was remotely on point. Oh, wait. I know we're, like, really over, but, oh my gosh, this is a long episode. But I really... Actually, I have a question. Okay. And maybe we need to Google this. Was the dummy episode of Buffy around the same time as the dummy thing of Goosebumps? Were they playing into that? Oh. Well, so this would have been 97. Because Goosebumps had the dummy... Yeah. Wasn't his... His name wasn't Sid, but it was something like that. Mm. And the, it was Revenge of the Dummies or something like that. Cause Slappy. Was Slappy! Oh my god. Oh, so it was kind of close. Yeah. Um, this was from... Oh my god. Let's see. The Goosebumps episode... Rah, 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 rah. Here, I'll hand it to you so you can do it. Revenge of the Living Dummy. Yeah. It doesn't say when it aired. Um. Oh, in other media. January 1996. Oh. oh. So maybe dummies were a little bit like... Dummies were in. Dummies were having in. a moment. Well, also, I, I think that 
and I've said, I mean, now I've said this a million times on our podcast, and I said this to Chris earlier, I think that they're still trying to play with horror aspects. Oh, yeah. Like, they sure. haven't quite abandoned the fact that the show isn't going to be, like, scary, scary. Right. Um, so, like, it's kind of brutal. I mean, even though in season seven this happens again, but, like, the kid in I Robot Eugene, like, hangs himself in the classroom. That's, like, right. pretty brutal for the show, it feels. Um, and then, like, so I feel like the Sid, they're trying to play up to, like, ooh, horror elements. Yeah. It's the, and then it's, it's like, the, oh, look, it's a twist. He wasn't actually the, the bad guy. Flip. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which they love doing on the show, yeah. which I love when they do as well. Oh, of course. I, um, my least favorite moment with the movement of the dummy is when Sid stabs the, the, um... The demon? The demon. Yeah, oh, when he just, like, and then, my God. And then slumps over. Yeah. It kind of looks like a post-ejaculation, like... <laughs> <sighs> Especially because the voice the act also goes... <laughs> yeah, it's very like I just like, finished. And I've made that noise before. Yeah, it's kind of like grab a towel. <laughs> <laughs> Let me call you, get your Uber on that. Buffy, I can't move. You need to get a towel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So on that note, on that note, we'll say goodbye. Bye. Um. And <laughs> bye. Um. That was a pretty good Chris bye. That was um, really good. So follow us on Twitter. Chris, tell the viewers your... Oh, jeez. It's Chrysopotamia, like Mesopotamia, but with a Chris at the beginning. You should spell it. Oh, my God. C-H-R-I-S-O-P-O-T-A-M-I-A, with an at at the beginning. I forget what your handle is every fucking time I go to the video. I've realized it's been... I've had this name for, like, three years, and half my friends think my name is Chris Topmania, and I do not want to unpack what they think I mean by that. (laughs) I am Ian X Carlo at Ian X Carlos on Twitter and I am at Matthew Rodriguez, uh R O D R I G U E Z and one Matthew has a one teen. Um and yeah, tune in next week and yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Yay. Bye.